All right. Now, yesterday we talked about the different types of prayer. Not the different ways to pray, but the different types of prayer. And we want to welcome everybody. Look at everybody and say, we want to welcome everybody. What are the different types of prayer? Prayer number one. Amen, 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 amen. What kind of prayer is that? Prayer of faith. The second kind of prayer is what? The prayer of consecration. Third prayer is? That's where we ended yesterday. Now I'm going to go fast today. I'm just going to give you the other prayers. I won't define them. But that yet some other time. The fourth prayer is the prayer of worship. This is what Paul and Barnabas prayed in Acts 13. Acts 16 rather. Also the same prayer that was prayed in Acts chapter 16. Uh, chapter 13 by the church in Antioch. And then the next prayer is prayer number what? Is the prayer of agreement. All these prayers have different rules. It's rugby, soccer, cricket, tennis, golf. So I was saying to Bishop Freddie Edwards, I will do a whole month on prayer and every Sunday focus on one kind of prayer. Is that okay with you, ne? Because I can't do justice to this. You know, I need two months just to talk about prayer. Prayer number five is praying in the spirit. Number six, okay, praying in the spirit. That's a different kind of prayer. Then we have number seven, united prayer. United prayer. Number seven, praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. All oh, those are different kinds of prayers. <laughs> and then number what? Then we have intercessory prayer or the prayer of intercession. Now, I'm starting today to ask the question, what is intercessory prayer? Okay? What is intercessory prayer? Let's first define the concept of intercession. Ne? Let's define first the concept of intercession. The Webster's Dictionary defines intercession as follows. Remember, I said that intercession doesn't mean prayer. I saw you were in shock that day when I said that. Right? I know we use it. I know what we mean. Let's go to intercession. But the word intercession is used in all other fields. And it doesn't mean prayer. This is what it means. It means, one, to go or pass between. Intercession. It means to act between parties. Listen to this. To act between parties with a view to reconcile those who differ or contend. Let's say that again. To act between parties with a view to reconcile those who differ or contend. Already you know certain ways that go with that. It means to interpose. Somebody say interpose. The word interpose simply means to put between, to insert, to come between other things. Or to interpose means to interfere in order to help. I'm not hearing your amens. 
Or are you writing down and you are too writing down to say, you must flow. Don't tell your neighbor, you must flow. Tell your other neighbor, if you are not flowing, the anointing will also not flow. Just tell them, it won't flow. So intercession, number one, means to go between paths, between number two, to act between parties with a view to reconcile those who differ or contend. Number three, to interpose. So to interpose means to put between, to insert, to come between other things, or to interfere in order to help. The word intercession means to mediate. Have you heard of mediation? Huh? Have you heard of mediation? They're interceding. They're interceding. To mediate or make intercession, mediation. Now, to mediate means to come to help settle a dispute. Write those things down. Those are very important. You'll see when we read the Bible. That's why I tell you, you know, we read the Bible and we don't see these things. So as an intercessor, and when I say intercessor, I'm talking about the one who prays now. You've you got to understand what your role is. You are there as an intercessor to act between parties with a view to reconcile. To go past between, to interpose. You are there to interfere in order to help. So intercession is not about you. You can't intercede for you. Shabayaba. Intercession is not about your needs. The word mediate means to, to be a go-between. It means to act in order to bring about an agreement between persons or sides. So you are between sides. So as an intercessor, this is important. This is important. Can I have your attention? Can you look at me, please? I know I'm not much to look at, but can you look at me, please? Yeah. So if you are going to... I heard somebody saying amen when I say I'm not much to look at. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord, for being offended. <laughs> to act in order to bring about agreement between two persons or sides. So meaning that to be a good intercessor, you must understand both sides. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you don't understand what the needs of the person are, and you don't understand what the requirements of God are, you can't intercede effectively. Your mediation will fail. So you can't be an intercessor if you don't familiarize yourself with God's side. In short, if you are ignorant of the Bible. Because, because the first rule of answered prayer is base your need on God's word. Or, let me rephrase, find a scripture that supports your request. So you can't ask for somebody else's husband. You can't. You can't. You, you can't intercede that somebody else's wife should become your wife. Because already you are standing on a shaky foundation. It's not scriptural. So you got to, to be an intercessor. If you, if you are not 
if you don't read the Bible, if you don't understand the Bible, if you don't meditate on the Bible, you don't familiarize yourself with the Bible, you are in trouble. And you cannot pray for what you don't know about the person. You must know. You can't stand between two parties without being familiar. How are you going to mediate? Some of you already, you realize, already. Look at your neighbor and say, it's rugby, not soccer. Watch this. To mediate means, between, means to be a connecting link between. It means, note Barcelona, between two extremes, to interpose between two parties as an equal friend to each. So that's why when you read the Bible, you'll see that Certain people, the way they talk to God, and I'm going to show you, the way they talk to God, they had a certain familiarity with God. There was a certain level of relationship with God they had. I'm telling you. You'll never be able to be an effective intercessor if you don't have a deep relationship with God. I'm telling you, you'll never. Because intercession, see, when you negotiate between parties, what, what gives you leverage in negotiating is to know the person. Yesterday I talked about what? Most people know about the power of God. They talk about the power of God, but they know little about the character of God. You, you see, my, my, my wife, I know there are certain things, but there's a way I approach it. And the opposite applies, by the way. Why? Because I know her character. I know her character. Some people can go and ask her the same thing, she'll say no. But now I can go, she'll say yes. Besides the fact that we're married. Hi, <laughs> man, Luna Television, Stranda, Tukalam Masadiwak. How? Suga. Hey, not. I shall be quite a camera house, Kashabam Masadiwak. Uloi Tolawa, how? Suga. With Ankara, Munsamona, Kantu Mushebila, you must find your own. Suga. I'm talking to my wife here. Skela kenanta batsaka le mosadiwak. Suga. You know, even with the children, they're like that in, at home. I see our children, they know what to ask from their mother and what to ask from me. Because the success of your request is based on you understanding the character and what someone can do. So, when you read certain things about God, even when God was angry, there are those who could still ask certain things when God is angry. Ah, you missed that. You missed that. You missed that. Hey, let me go. Let me move. Let me move. It means, mediate, to negotiate between persons at variance with a view to reconciliation. That's why we must intercede for the world because the world is far from God. And God's laws say, I'm going to judge you. We understand the fallenness of human beings and the righteousness of God. That's who Jesus was. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. You see, and the Bible says what? We have a mediator and an earring. He ever lives to make what? Intercession. It doesn't mean he's praying all the time. It includes prayer, but that intercession goes beyond prayer. In other words, Jesus stands in heaven on your behalf, making your case. 
Not just in terms of prayer, but in terms of other things as I'll show you in a short while. And the Bible says he is a perfect mediator. Why is he perfect? Because he was 100% man. It says in all things he was tempted just like we are, yet without sin. He is the son of God, but he is also God the son. He was God enough, he was man enough to say, I thirst. God enough to say, to whom I will give these waters, the waters will spring up in him as wells of living waters. He was man enough to give up the ghost on the cross and die, but he was God enough to send the Holy Ghost. Man enough to be hungry. God enough and say, I am the bread of life. Oh, one day, one day, one day, they asked him a question. They said, how old are you? He says, it depends on which side you are standing on. (laughs) On my mother's side, I'm 33 and a half years. But on my daddy's side, before Abraham was, I am... So we have a perfect mediator. Understanding both sides. I don't want to go on and on with that, but my goodness, I feel it tonight. Can I hear an amen in the house? Yeah. So, you as a mediator, you negotiate between persons at variance with a view to reconciliation. So, so, The concept of intercession, therefore, can be summarized as mediating, going between, pleading for another, representing one party to another, and that is not limited only to legal situations. But it includes them too. Watch. Intercession happens every day in our courts daily with lawyers interceding for their clients. See, you know, the lawyer, even if they know you are wrong, they are there to try and get a lesser sentence for you. So they're interceding for you. And, and the success of their case is based on their understanding of the law. But they must also get the truth from you. You can't lie because lies don't work. So intercession happens in the courts of law every day. Intercession happens in contractual meetings daily. As attorneys representing one party or another. Every time we buy these buildings, we have to have conveyances. We have to have attorneys this side and that side. They are talking. They are interceding. Oh. Intercession happens in offices and business meetings daily as secretaries or other associates goes, go between representing one to another. Nothing necessarily spiritual about it. But here are three important things about intercession. Intercession, therefore, involves, number one, delegation. Number two, authority. Thirdly, it boils down to representation. You've got, you got to represent your client. Or rather, represent both clients. At the end, you want reconciliation as a mediator. 
Now, let me show you Abraham's intercession for Sodom and Gomorrah. And I want to break it down for you. With all that in mind, go with me to Genesis chapter 18, please. I'm reading the New Living Translation from verse 16 to verse 33. It's a long passage, but I want to read it. Then the men, these were the, the angels and God as well. They got up from the mill. These men had visited Abraham. Okay, so after they visited Abraham, they get up from the mill. These were not just ordinary men. These were angels. These were from God. And it says they looked out towards Sodom. And as they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Watch this now. And this man says, should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked. So watch this intercessors. Watch this. Watch this. Intercessors often will have a secret knowledge about things that are coming. Now let me show you where you miss it, intercessors. Some of you, because God shows you that, you think you're a prophet. And you're no more a prophet than I'm an astronaut. (laughs) And this is where, this is where you mess it up in your intercession meetings. Because as you intercede, you start knowing things. And before long, people start releasing those things in the form of prophecy. And before you know where you are, the intercession meetings end up being prophecy meetings. And these prophecy meetings lead people to starting prophetic churches and all kinds of funny stuff. God must be able to trust you as an intercessor. There are things God spoke to me about this city that I've never told you about and about our church. I learned early, thankfully, I read enough books to know as an intercessor, you must have a chest. <laughs> Look at your name and say, you must have a chest. <laughs> if you continue revealing what God shows you in secret, he will stop showing you. God must be able to trust you. And sometimes when God shows you, he didn't say you must go and tell them. Some of you last Peter. Look at them and say, ha, uruwa papa, and no one need it. Just tell them. There's things I've known about people, churches. I've never told any soul about it. Why? God shows you as an intercessor. Now, you don't ask him to show you. He shows you at his own sovereign choice. See, he may show you, he may not show you. He doesn't have to show you. But if he shows you, can you trust him? Can he trust you rather? So some of you, the minute God shows you, you, you call your prayer partners. Or you stop the prayer meeting and say, I can see something from the Lord. And sometimes some of the things God shows you are going to happen 10 years later if you release them prematurely. This will help you. 
If you release them prematurely, people are going to try to work in the flesh to bring them to pass. This is why I stop telling people when I know they have a call of God over their lives. I know people that, I know many people that I know they have a call of God. God showed me, but I never tell them. Because some of them, but drop a school immediately. And if they're in the church, they try to, to topple you so that they must take over the church. I already know in terms of the transition of this church who's going to take over, but I'm not going to tell you now. Oh, Latula, you know. God told me more than three years ago, four years ago, I already know. But God must be able to trust you. Somebody, some of you are let's You see, what's on a spiritual thing? Okay, I get to hell and try that. Try that. I'm routine. Try that. Try that. Try that. Try that. God says, Shall I hide from Abraham? Why? Verse 18. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families. To keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right, just then I will do for Abraham all that I've promised. So the Lord told Abraham, you remember I said cities have a voice? You remember? Listen to what God says. I have heard the outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah. Every city has a voice. Every city has a cry. And when you start operating in this rank, in this level, you can hear it. In fact, when you visit cities of the world, they carry something. Every city has a different feel. There are cities that have a heaviness of death and spiritual death. There are cities that are an open heaven. Things of God happen easy. There are cities that is like a wall. When the things of God come, they bounce off that wall. It's a wall of darkness. This way intercessors can bring down the wall. And when you know about it, when you stand on the pulpit, you deal with those principalities. Yeah, these things are real. Hey. See, we haven't taught people spiritual things. We're playing around in churches. I'm talking about us, not other people. We are playing around in our church. Let me personalize it. So lots of God's children, we find... But to bar who are into other spiritual things, knowing more. In fact, if you are to beat people in other things, they know a lot more about spirit, even if it's on the wrong side. They can pick up things. We can't. We are so spiritually dense. So spiritually insensitive that even when things are happening, we can't read. You know, that's what Jesus used to tell the people of his eyes. He, he, says, he says, when it's cloudy, you can say it's about to rain. But when spiritually, when it happens, you can't even say May God open the eyes of your understanding. Sometimes the reason some of us are afraid to talk this way is because some of you, when you are talking this way, you think we're saying you must be totally beshugunakop and berserk and always walking in the clouds and then kiabona. No, 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 no. You don't need to do any of that. You don't need to come up with funny things and funny prophecies. See, that's why I'm afraid sometimes to say these things because now we're going to have some crazy person come to me. How no is the cockroaches. Tell your neighbor, it's the cockroaches. It wasn't me. When Anna and uh, what's the other guy? 
and Simeon went into the temple at the time of prayer. As they were sitting in church, when Jesus came, they knew who he was. Yeah. And it says, it says Simeon went to the temple by the Spirit. In other words, he was at home. When the Holy Spirit said, go to church, you're going to see what you have been waiting for all these years. There's people today, people today are not spiritual. No, we're not spiritual. We're leading carnal Christians. Very fleshly. You can say they're fleshly. They can't even, some of you, even when the anointing is flowing, you, you don't know. You start doing things you should not be doing at that time. Because you, you, don't, you don't know what's going on. And I'm, I'm saying this to me because God says you say that, but you're not teaching them. And I'm hoping when I teach you, you're not going to be spooky because you can see me. I'm not spooky at all. At all. Yeah. But you can be spiritually discerning and be spiritual. There's a lot of Christians who are not spiritual. In our church, I'm not talking about other churches. They're carnal. And because... When you move in certain dimensions, you can see, like I told you, you can see when someone, you can see when they're faking it. They try to come up with a faked thing. You can see, hey, a stone, Bombay. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope I'm not into some Bombay person here. God says, I've heard the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, I'm going down to see. Verse 21. If their actions are as wicked as I've heard. If not, I want to know. And the other men turned and headed towards Sodom. But the Lord remained with Abram. Now note, verse 23. Abram approached him. He approaches the Lord. He says, will you sweep away the righteous and the wicked? So here we go, here we go, here we go. God wants to go and destroy the people. Abram comes and stands between the two parties. And he pleads the case. He, he mediates. He, he intercedes. He says, will, will, will you destroy? Will you, will you sweep away the righteous and the wicked? Suppose, verse 24, suppose there's 50 righteous people living in that city. Will you still sweep it away? Now remember, remember, Mamelang, this is important. God has already decided. In other words, it, it's... It's ordered in the books of destiny. That that's going to be the outcome. But an intercessor can rewrite. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Will you destroy the city if there's 50? God says, no, I won't. Note what he says. He says, I love the way he talks. Listen to his tone. Second part of verse 25. Why you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Now note, he goes for the character. Should not the judge of the earth do what is right? He's going after the character of God. He says, I know you. Ah, you're not hearing me, Basala. God says, she, she, the, 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 the reason in Omganza even if you are angry, even if Unolaga, I know when I approach you on the side of your character, your character will not allow you to turn back. 
Because God is the only one whose character remains. The Bible says with God, lies hearing, hearing, there is no shadow of turning. You know what that means? It means just like your shadow moves when the sun goes around. And it says, yes, yes, 12, it says, yes, yes. God's not like that. God is the same. He's consistent. And once you know his character, you can appeal. Even when he's angry, he can't turn away from who is Mamalam. The Bible doesn't say God has. It doesn't say God has love. You see, God has power. God has blessings. God has anointing. But God is love. He, he can't help it. That's why when the thief on the cross, few minutes before he died, as he hung on the cross and the clock is ticking, and judgment has come on him, when he turned to Christ, at his last moment, Jesus, Jesus couldn't turn away from him because he is love. Even if he's on the eve, he appealed to God's character. I ask you to appeal to God's character. I said I ask you to appeal to God's character. I know you are good. I know that every perfect and every good gift comes from God the Father. I know it is the thief who steals and kills and destroys. But I know that you came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Even when you have messed up. Ah, he says, if you confess your sins. If you confess your sins. He is what? He is what? I said he is what? He is what? He is what? That's character. He's faithful. He's not, he doesn't say he's powerful. He's faithful. Yeah. An intercessor has related with God so much that you know his character and you know where to press him. He says, you're the judge of the earth. Do what's right. Baba. 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 Ndiyagwazi. Namuyangazi. Baba. Ndiyagwazi. Namuyangazi. That's why I'm asking certain things. Baba, 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 I know you. I know you. I know you. I know your character. That's why I can ask for certain things. That's why Bible hearing, come what? Come what? Ah, you, I don't, I'm not hearing you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Can you feel this? It says, come what? Come what? Watch, watch, watch. To the throne of what? 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 That's character. It's not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of... That you might do what? Find help and receive mercy. Mercy is a character. When? When? In a time of its character. 
It's character. You know, Masalana, if you, if you can understand the character of God, it will change everything about your relationship with God. I think it's the last 10 years, 5 years, where I really got to understand the character of God better. Because you know, when you lead, you make so many mistakes. You know, I make mistakes in my marriage, I make mistakes with my children, I make mistakes in decisions, and I just be so heavy, heavy-hearted. And, I, and I, I would always be surprised. Sometimes I'd be feel so condemned that I'd be afraid to pray. And when I went to pray, I just couldn't believe the way God received me. And His Spirit. And here's the other thing I noticed in my private prayer time. Pazalana, if you really connect with God, God will never let you mistreat other people. Yeah. Uh, okay. Even when they are wrong. Yeah. I remember one day arguing and I said, oh, but God, they did this. God says, well, didn't I tell you to forgive 70 times 7? God will never side with you. Because his character is love. So some, so some people who do stuff and leave churches and say, God spoke to me. Hey, Pusa, which God? Which God are they talking? Which God is going to tell you to break somebody's church and start another church down the road? And go around speaking bad about which God are you listening to? Because another God I know, the first thing he will do is to reconcile you to somebody. We'll know the judge of the earth. Anyhow, Basala, let me, let me skip. Verse 27, Abraham says, since I have begun to speak, let me speak further, my Lord. I understand I'm just dust and ashes. Suppose there's only 45. Will he destroy the city? God says, no, I won't destroy it if I find 45. 29, he pressed his request further. You see, when you understand the character of God, you, you push. <laughs> you go where angels are afraid to tread. <laughs> you push it further. He says, oh, God, suppose, suppose there's only 30. God says, I won't destroy it. Verse 31, since I dared to speak <laughs> to the Lord, let me continue. There it is. Suppose, speaks like a lawyer. Suppose, there's only 20. The Lord says, I won't destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham says, Lord, don't be angry with me. If I speak one more time. <laughs> suppose there's only 10. God says, I won't destroy it. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went his way. Now, I didn't write this down. The interesting thing is, even if Abraham stopped at 10, Sodom and Gomorrah was so evil that there was not even 10 righteous people. He should have gone all the way down to one. But even if he didn't do it, God decided to save Lot and his family. Read it. The reason Lot and his family were saved from Sodom and Gomorrah it was because of Abraham's intercession. Even if, Mamala, Mamala, listen to God's character. Even if Abraham didn't go that far down, Uh, you're not hearing me. We've never understood the character of God. I'm telling you. We have scandalized God. We've said things about God. That's why we don't enjoy our time with Him. All right, let's move to the second one. Are you still there, Bazalana? Yes. Moses' intercession for the children of Israel. This is in Exodus 32. These are only six verses. 
I read the NIV Bible. When the people saw that Moses took long, now he has gone to receive the law, okay? He's there on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments. When they saw he's taking long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around and said, come, let us make us gods who will go before us. They're violating God's word. For this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. And I'm reading the NIV. Aaron answered, take off the gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off the earrings, brought them to Aaron. He took what was handed to him, made it into an idol, cast it into the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Now remember, God had said, thou shalt, have, thou, thou shalt not have any other gods. Yeah. They're provoking God. Provoking. Yeah. When Aaron saw it, he built an altar <laughs> in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. These are people that God took out of Egypt. These are people who went through the Red Sea. These are people that God gave manna and quails and everything. How quickly people forget. That's why I don't hurt myself too much as a pastor when we help people, then they leave and scandalize our name. I call Nam Tasana. We're just like that as human beings. After we've been helped, you know, we treat people like a disposable tissue. Yeah. Some people, you spend hours and hours counseling them. Hours. You even postpone important things. Yeah. You wait for them. Everything. After Bali right. Okay. Verse 6. So the next day, the people rose early. Hey. My goodness. And sacrificed burnt offerings, presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. The word used there is that they actually got involved in strip. They were stripping. Like in the bars. They were doing everything that's done in the strip joints. Drinking, stripping, sleeping with each other. You can imagine. These are people who not too long ago. They were, they were saying, great is Jehovah. Look, they've forgotten about him. Kibana, they're doing all kinds of... Can you imagine how provocative that is? I'm just trying to get you to feel the way God was feeling. Then God said to Moses, go down because your people. (laughs) I tell you, you know, when you read, when you read the, the, the relationship between God and Moses was very interesting. One day Moses says, they are your people. One day God says, hi, they are your people. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you read the Bible, you can laugh your heart out. He says, he says go down. Imagine that Moses is in the presence of God. Huh? Huh? God is giving these people ten commandments. He's preparing something for them. Give another at a strip joint. Hey, 
Why? The peanut heading. And God says, go down. He says, your people whom you brought out of Egypt, they have become corrupt. Verse 8, they have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them. And they have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to him. They have sacrificed to it. And they have said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Now, I have seen these people. They are a stiff-necked people. Verse 10, leave me alone. So that my anger may burn against them. That I may destroy them. But I spare you and make you a great nation. But Moses. Moses. sought the favor of the Lord. He said, oh Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that you brought them out to kill them in the mountains to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger. You don't say that to God when he is in a good mood. Turn from your fierce anger. Relent. Don't bring a disaster on your people. Verse 13. Powerful. Remember. Remember your servants. Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. What is he saying? He's saying, God, you know, the reason I'm standing like this is because I remember what you said. If memory serves me well, you promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that you will give their descendants a good land. That's what you said. And if I remember well, you said God is not a man to lie. If I remember well, you said God is not the son of man to change his mind. If I remember well, you said if I said it, I will do it. I know you don't are another one who turns around and changes your mind. So secondly, an intercessor not only leans on God's character, but an intercessor leans on the covenant. You remind God. If there's one thing God can do, is to turn back from what he said. He can't. Even when he's angry. So, Mamela, you can only remind God of what you know. So if you don't read what he promised, you will be a weak intercessor. You will not know. Some of you, when you pray, you say stuff that's not even in the Bible. You heard somebody say it. It sounded good. And because the paper, you say, don't think when you have had a, a nice spiritual goosebump, God has heard you. See, this is why people go wrong. You shook. Saliva everywhere. Hmm. Now, that's fine to do it. But if you go to court, to plead somebody's case, you know what the magistrate will do? They will take off their glasses and look at you like this when you're doing that horror. They'll say, counselor, can you behave yourself? 
You've got to quote. Refer. Yeah. Bring, bring, bring the law. Bring the covenant here. That's what works, not your emotions. You don't have to feel anything for God to answer you. All you have to do is to say, are you not hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Can I hear an amen in the house? Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to whom you swore by yourself. You said to them, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give your descendants all this that had promised me. It will be an inheritance forever. Verse 14, then the Lord relented. The King James says the Lord repented. The New American Standard Bible says, so the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. The Message Bible says, then God did think twice. He decided not to do the evil he had threatened. The one translation called God's word, it says, so the Lord reconsidered his threat. Mamela, it was in divine destiny that they be destroyed. But a mediator. Change destinies. Do you understand the power God has given us? Can you imagine if we had taken our rightful place, how many things could have been avoided? Do you realize how many lives could have been saved? How many accidents could have been prevented? How many natural disasters could have been stopped? Do you realize how many things we could have stopped? But see, the church is not in its rightful place. The church is not a place of prayer anymore. God's people don't understand the power that has been given to them. We are giving attention to everything else but what God has said. Let me close, Barcelona. I will continue tomorrow. Let me close with this. Let me close with this. Kenneth again. His wife got very sick one day. And he said, as I prayed, I knew she was going to die. They were still young. And he felt, I don't want to lose her. And so he stayed up. These are not the kind of prayers, Vazalada. Where you do hit and run. <laughs> you stay and you talk to God and plead your case. He said he stayed up. I, I used to do that for my mother, my late mother. When she was a young Christian, she used to be so sickly. I'd wake up in the morning and I would plead her case. And when she was a young Christian, it worked 100%. But there comes a time when you grow spiritually, God expects you to take responsibility. So over time, it, it didn't work anymore. Not because God wasn't answering, God was expecting her to start using her own faith. So Kenneth Hagin said, I said to God, you know God, I know my wife is gonna die. But if she dies, our kids are still very young. And I don't know what's going to happen. 
And I'm still a young man. If she passes, I obviously will go marry again. But I don't want another one. I want this one. He's, he's, he's pressing on the character. And I think it was after a day or two, God finally said, okay, son, I'll give you what you're asking. Then he said, but tell me, why was she going to die? God said, Twada. It's between me and her. I won't tell you. But son, this is what I want you to get. It was destined for her to die. But because you asked me to spare her life, I'll do it for you. Then he says, and then God said to him, how I wish my children knew how I long to do these type of things for them. But not many of them are asking me. This is almost like what John Wesley said. What's a wizard? Methodist guy. They have a powerful heritage, the Methodist people. This is what John Wesley said, and I quote, it seems God is limited by our prayer life. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him to. That's what I tell people. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask the church to grow, it won't grow. If you don't ask that people should be saved, they won't be saved. If you don't ask sons and wonders, it won't happen. And tonight, I'm going to challenge you. There's a family member, there's a situation, there's something that you know. And tonight, I'm challenging you. Intercessor. Talk to God tonight. We're going to do it in a few minutes. We're going to do it. Remember we said on Monday, we're going to teach you prayer by precept. An example. What is it? Some of you, your family members, have been given so many days to live. Let me share something with you. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. Can I add one more thing? Eh? Yeah. Let me tell you why it works. There's a principle of authority that's biblical. The principle of covering is a very powerful biblical principle that so many people violate. Why we must all be submitted is because the principle of covering is critical. God made Jesus to be the head of the church. Jesus says, my head is God. And in the church, Jesus has placed heads in churches, the fivefold ministry gift. In the home, the man is the head of the church. So there's an order of submission everywhere you go. Why? Mamela Mazala. Mamela. When you are in submission and you are covered by the herd, they have a certain leverage to ask for certain things on your behalf and cover you. Listen, listen, listen carefully. So when he prayed over his wife, because of what he had called relational authority, 
Those prayers could work better. In the same way when a pastor prays for the congregation. There's a certain leverage of spiritual power that is at your disposal because of relational authority. That's why when people are rebellious, they will always dwell in a dry land. Why? Because in the heavenlies, they are exposed. They don't have anything that is covering them. Let me take it further for you. Paul says, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 5, he says, he writes to the church, he says, there's this guy who's sitting in the church, and you guys haven't dealt with him. He has not repented. He doesn't want to make right. He says, you've got to kick him out of the church. Watch this. He says, if you kick him out of the church, God will deal with him. He will chastise him. He will die early, but his soul will be saved. Let me, let me, let me, let me break down what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, Paul is saying, if you don't excommunicate him, as long as he stays under your covering, even God can't touch him. Ah. As long as he's under the covering of the church, there's a certain protection over his life. That even God himself wants you to kick him out before he can touch him. He can't even touch him because he's still under covering. And when you understand that, you want to excommunicate people easily. Because you know when you excommunicate them, you, you... And if you understand that, you won't be a rebellious Christian who's not under any covering. If you understand that as a child, you won't rebel against your parents. You won't rebel against your husband. You won't rebel against Jesus Christ. You won't rebel against the leadership of the church. You won't rebel against your pastor. You won't. You won't rebel against leaders in government. You won't rebel. You understand, you understand covering. But you see, when you pray over your children, pray over your wife, pray over your husband, pray over, you see, then you can, you can push certain things, even if it was ordered by destiny. For them to die. But when God hears your voice, I hear God hearing your voice today. For your brother and your sister and your mother and your father. Come on, somebody. I hear God hearing your voice tonight. For people in your family. Do we have intercessors in the house tonight? Who are going to come before God? Sisoti Baba! 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 Diagwas! Nam Yangas! Yeah, Nangus Bandiba Nekaya Baba! Spare their life. I know they are walking far from you. But I am standing in between. I am a mediator, oh God. I understand their issues. But I also understand your covenant. I understand their waywardness. But I also understand your character. Whoever it is, bring them before God tonight. Begin to pray all over the place. Pray, 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 pray. Bring somebody before the Lord and ask God on their behalf. Come on, Bazalana, pray tonight. Pray tonight, pray tonight, pray tonight, pray tonight. Even if you go in the Spirit and pray in the Holy Ghost, ask God, may the Holy Spirit guide my tongue. That as I pray, I say things that are in line with your will and your purpose. Pray tonight, come on, pray with intensity. Pray with intensity. Pray with intensity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for them. Call their name. Call their name. Call their name before God. Call their name before God. Call their name. 
Some of them, it could be that doctors have given them so many days to live. Maybe they never lived right. Maybe they had given themselves to a wayward way of living. Appeal to the grace of God. Appeal to the character of God. Appeal to the mercy of God. Mercy. 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 Mercy, oh God. Pray, somebody, pray. Hallelujah, pray. Even in the Holy Ghost, as God say, Father, as I pray in other tongues, grant me that ability to make the request in line with your word. Pray for your wayward children. Pray for your disobedient children. Pray for your husband who's doing all kinds of funny things and strange things. Pray for your wife who's doing all kinds of strange things. Pray for your department head. Pray for your boss. Pray for your workers. Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray for the people in your cell group. Pray for people that you are leading. Pray for people in your department. Pray as an intercessor. Plead for the life of your brother who's living on the edge running around with gangsters. Plead for the life of your younger sister who's running around from one party to the other. Plead for the life of your father who has abandoned you and walked away from you. Plead for the life of your mother who is steeped in depression, who is full of anger and revenge. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the church members. Let your voice be heard on high tonight. Approach God. Baba. Diakwazi. I know you. I know you. I know what your word says. I'm quoting what your word says. Sana maha mamra sakoro deba.